today we are disseminating handouts so that those of you who need um, to see things more concretely, you would understand. This handout breaks down all of the four personalities that we have been speaking about within the last several weeks. They're broken down not only in the language of the animals that we've been studying in Ezekiel 1, but they also bring them down by the personalities, the Greek personalities like melancholy, sanguine, phlegmatic, those kinds of languages. They're also broken down by color. So the colors also have an identification to the personalities. Now, many of you have already been assessed um, in these personalities, so you know or have an idea of um, what personality to some degree um, describes you. But some of you have not. And so, in, in, because of time, after this service, we're going to ask those of you who have not been assessed to report downstairs to a table with our sister, Crystal, will be there with the assessment. It's a one-pager. You will sign out your assessment, and you'll take it home. She will give you instructions on how to complete them and you will obediently bring them back in Jesus' name because this is what we have been called in this season to do so that we can understand you and you can understand us. And once we get the whole body of Christ in one um, page, uh, to say the least, everyone will get a copy of all of the personalities. Amen? Amen. Now, real quickly, because it's a lot of information that we would want to be able to share with you, we already went over two personalities. We went over the eagle, who we know is a, a personality that establishes structure, needs to place on um, policies and procedures. They are very detail-oriented, and God uses them for the kingdom to bring order. We have also discussed the face of a man, and this is a personality that is an extrovert personality, and God's intent for this personality was to reach out to his people. He uses this personality in a very charming way to be able to feel the heart of his people and to be able to gather them and understand them. And the personality is usually used for healing and bringing over the, the, the people of God into his kingdom. Today, we're going to be discussing two personalities, and that is the oxen, which is also known as the steadiness kind of personality. It is the most of personalities that God has made. 65% of the population are oxens. And there you will see in the discussion that we bring forth that they are the ones that keep the church steady. They keep the kingdom of God in a direction, going together in a team to fulfill the purposes of God in a steady way. They keep consistent. They are called to be the ones to stand in the gap and to make sure that things stay 
to some degree the way God intended them to be. Because we can't be all over the place all the time. And then we will also be talking about the lion. And the lion is a personality, as you will hear Minister Lewis um, share with you. The lion personality's purpose, main purpose, is to see the goal and to allow the goal to be the thing that he, that personality brings the rest of us to ensure we complete. And the goal is always in the kingdom of God, about the kingdom of God. Okay? So without further ado, I am not going to take any more space in terms of Lewis sharing that for you. But then we'll wrap it up with an issue of transformation. And at that point, we welcome that your spirit will be um, led to, to, to where God wants you to be in this place. Okay, so Lewis. Praise God. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, how many of you know that we are a work in progress? That means we're on a journey. He is the author and the finisher of your faith and your personality, your walk in Christ. Your birth and death. Okay, so don't get ahead of me. Don't get ahead of God. Amen. He'll take you from glory to glory. If you seek his kingdom first and do it the right way. Amen. As Mickey was saying, we're a work in progress and we're talking about the four personalities. And how many of you know that God and everything that is received is received through your personality? Put that in your head. If you don't understand your personality, you're going to have problems. Whatever you send out whatever you project whatever you bless out or curse out also comes through your personality so it's important that we understand our personality now we're going to discuss the lion personality the lion personality is a very strong personality i was talking to an ox personality and they were angry because they says how come they never call teams the ox team i don't know they always call them the lions or the eagles. Go, go, eagles, and never oxen. I says, yeah. I heard of an ox team. It says, we're slow, but we'll get you there. So the oxen is just consistent and steady, but we're all important in this mix. And you'll find out why I said that later. The lion. If you can flip the chart. Face of a lion. Face of a lion. <laughs> there must be some <laughs> oxen. Praise God. Face of a lion. Face of a lion again. A choleric and dominant. Obviously, the, the lion is dominant. Go with you remember these things. Look at a lion. What does a lion do when he sees a little lamb that's walking and, and, and stumbling down the road? He's going to focus in on it and he's going to charge it, right? And while he's charging it, you can't stop him to ask him a question. He's on focus. He's on the go. And we are like that. If you are a face of a lion, that's how you are. You're strong-willed. You have a strong, strong will. And because of that, on the other side, you're going to see the weaknesses. On the left, the strength. On the other side, the weaknesses. So a lion is strong-willed. He's after the prey. He's after the goal. He's after the assignment. So therefore, he can appear to you cold and un emotional because he's on focus he's on focus mode he's on a prey whenever you get on a 
after something and somebody will tap you to ask you a question, you, you know, a lion personality will not listen to you. Talk to me later. After I catch the prey, can you see I'm after something? That is part of that lion personality. The lion personality also is very independent. You get a lion personality to do a task, he's not going to ask anybody because he is so confident that he's got, he's got this. I'm going to get you to the other side. Don't worry, don't sweat it. I got this. That is a lion personality. Now, the weakness of that is that he can become so self-sufficient that he might be missing a gap. That's why it's important that we work together because, like I said before, God will introduce whatever he wants to do through these four personalities. The eagle, the I personality, or the D, the lion. Also, a lion person is very visionary. Most of your leaders, your uh, generals, a lot of pastors, a lot of bishops are lions. They have a vision. They go after it. And they're relentless. Once they're focused, forget about it. One of the key things to do in a congregation is gather all those lions together. And, you know, they'll either get us there or they'll kill us getting there. But they'll get us there. They're also very practical. Very practical. And because of that, they can become domineering. Because he's so focused and he's so intent for the goal to accomplish that mission that he can become domineering at times and if we don't understand that we are going to misinterpret and we're not going to receive whatever he is saying correctly amen very productive uh, that's why god told joshua or moses joshua you get these guys to the other side because joshua was a lion personality he was strong-willed. He was independent. He was a visionary. He was practical and very productive. He was driven. Let's go. He came back excited. You could almost feel that when you read the Bible. They're very productive. And because they're very productive, if you're working with them and you're not productive or you slack behind or something, uh, they won't forgive you. They won't forgive you. If you're working with a lion, understand that. It's not that they are bad. But if they're not seasoned by the line of the tribe of Judah, they can, they can mess, you, mess with you and make you feel uh, unforgiven. So you have to be tamed by the line of the tribe of Judah. And that's the only one that can tame you. Nobody else can because a lion is too strong. A lion is a strong personality. There's 5% of lions in the entire earth in terms of a lion personality. A lot of oxen but only 5% of the lion, okay? They're very decisive. As soon as you give them the, ch the challenge, they already decided. I got this. I know what to do. With all the confidence that they have, that, that's the way God made them. So that personality was in them. It's ingrained in them. Very decisive, and that can become sarcastic because they got their goal, and that's it. I'm not ready to hear yours. And they can, they're leaders. They're automatic leaders. Every general just about... It's a, it's a lion personality. And because of that, they can sometimes appear like, it says on the right side, angry at stuff or cruel. Now, let's go to the next one. Confidence and continuum. Interesting. The lion, where you see the D, has to drive. The D stands for drive, determination, dominance, dictatorship, dictatorial strength. Okay, that's his focus. That's his that's where he works the best in now when he gets into an area where he is less received or he has problem or he's got tension or things are not working right. 
if we go all the way to the right, the C, okay, we'll find out. Give me the next, the next D, does not hide accomplishment when he's ready to roll. Can easily become self-centered, proud, arrogant. Has less interest in hearing another's opinion because he's got so much confidence he's got this. You ever seen people like that? You know people like that? Are you married to someone like that? If you get married to someone like that, you better learn this. This is tough. This is tough. Now, remember what I said. The other extreme is where they're in an environment that they're not celebrated and there's problems and they don't feel right all the way down here rejects outward expression up there he is projecting outward expression he doesn't hide his accomplishments i accomplish this i can do this i always have the right answers down here he rejects that he doesn't express himself like in the d on top are you with me so he rejects the outward expression of confidence from others. So you might see this guy that's a great lion, a great leader. All of a sudden, a month will pass by, and he'll be sitting in the back hiding. And he's not projecting himself. He is projecting himself inward. A lion going through changes. Are you with me? It's not that this or that. It's just that that's what happens. And then you have different degrees. On the eye, you see project self-confidence, but reflects more of we attitude rather than the I attitude, he gets to that other side that is difficult for him, he'll begin to prefer this. Prefers modesty. Likes validation of accomplishments from others. On that level, he wants you to receive him and give him validation for what he has accomplished. Up there in the D, he'll tell you himself, I can do this, I got this. So you see how even a D personality can go backwards and get into a place that he's hidden, he is limited, he is fearful, and he just doesn't show up like he's supposed to show up. These are works that depress and repress the personality that you have. Now we're going to get into that, and I think we're going to turn into that now, because all of these personalities have been repressed. Next. The same thing here. Preference for producing results continuum. The same process. The D, S, C, and I. The next one. Preference for producing results continuum. Emphasizes task accomplishments. We went over that over relations with people. So he emphasizes what he can do over your relationship with him. If you have a line leading you, don't expect encouragement all the time. Just follow me. Okay? He tends to be aggressive in conflict situations. He'll if we got to go outside, we'll go if I'm a lion. That's just the way it is. I'll do whatever it takes for me to accomplish my goal. If you get in my way, I'm going to wrap. I'm going to get you. That's just the way it is. It's their personality, especially if they haven't been tamed by the lion of the tribe of Judah. Okay? The S adapts to a variety of work styles and seeks to maintain harmony in relationships as he gets into a place that he's been challenged more. As, as you can see, as you go down, he begins to simmer up and simmer down a little bit. Can you see that? Okay, the C prefers quality over quantity. 
I want quality. Don't tell me, I want you to go, if you have something, uh, uh, a thing you're going to do, I want to see 10 people saved. Don't tell me 100, just give me quantity. Okay, don't give me a, a dance or a song. Just give me quantity. Uh, resist involvement where conflict exists in the eye. Higher people priority than task accomplishments. See, once he's in a place that he is challenged, he'll give you now the kudo. And he moves back a little more. Can you see? On top, emphasizes task accomplishments. And over here, higher people priority than task accomplishments. Can deal with abstracts and hesitates to push others on that level. Amen? Now, what I want you to do, all of this is not just for us expressing that there are four different personalities. God divided himself into four personalities to demonstrate himself, to communicate himself, to show himself in our midst. So everything that you've ever received in your life came through four different types of personality. An eye personality, the face of a man, an eagle personality, a lion personality, or an oxen. In this room, we have all four. Whatever we do, we have to present through those four different personalities. Otherwise, it won't work. God, through Jesus, divided himself up because one of us could not carry all of those personalities. And as we continue, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Now we're going to discuss, my wife is going to discuss the oxen. Thank you. Now, there's a lot of information for all of these. This is why I give you the handouts, because in the handouts, you will see even more of the, the tendencies that each of these personalities have. But for the sake of time, we don't have that time to be able to go over it with you. So I'm going to ask you guys to put in the oxen, which is, um, right. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Now what I'm going to do, the next one, the oxen. The strengths of the oxen is being calm, quiet, easygoing, dependable, objective, diplomatic, efficient, organized, and practical. This is the 65% of the population. They were meant to be like this so that they can establish, they could maintain a, a, a consistency and the status quo. Without oxens, we would be changing all the time. They're the ones that keep the solid foundation in place. Their weakness, however, involves they're unmotivated if they're not spiritually led. They can procrastinate. They can be somewhat selfish because they're only thinking of how to maintain their security. Remember the fears that we discussed last time. There are, there, each, each of these personalities are driven by fear. The oxen is driven by the fear of losing security. 
So anything that you deal with the personality of an oxen has to be, is motivated around the issue of security. So if you provide a safe environment, a secure environment, a structured environment for the personality of an oxen, then you will get the best, which is the strength of an oxen. If, if the uh, environment is not secure, it is, doesn't feel safe, there's a lot of uneasiness and, and a lot of, you know, um, um, problems and conflict, the weakness is what you will see displayed from that personality. So this is where that is coming from. Um, not necessarily to label anyone, but to understand that we all have weaknesses and we all have um, strengths. They're, wor they're worriers. They worry. They worry that wherever they're going to stand is not strong enough. There's no foundation. So if, 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 if it's not right, it doesn't feel right, they're not comfortable. And this is very important because this is what you will get out of that personality. Next one. In the continuum, because of the strength of this personality, what, they are look, what we are looking here at is the consistency of their performance. That's what this continuum is testing. So what it says is that the S is the strongest out of the four personalities that keeps consistency. That's what this continuum really means. So they are steady and they are predictable. You put up uh, uh, an oxen to, to a task, you know it's going to be completed. And it's going to be completed right. Next to them is the eagle, which is the C, the compliance personality, which in the consistency, they, mar they marked by attention to details. And they're frequently checking for accuracy. So the eagle is constantly, they do the work and then they check to make sure it's okay. And then they do the work and then they check again. And sometimes that's the, it could be a weakness also when it, because under certain circumstances, they'll be checking everything. <laughs> and there may not be any time. That's why you need the lion who will turn around and go, eagle, come on, we got to get over there right now because the eagle can stay checking the accuracy all the time. Okay? I'm guilty. <laughs> the D in the continuum of consistency um, um, distinguishes by intense effort frequently early on in a project when the work is challenging. So they, they, they actually are working towards getting to the goal, but the consistency sometimes is skipped because they don't, the lion doesn't care about all the details. It just knows it has to get there. And it has its own vision on how it's going to get there. And it will get there, okay? And the one that is a, the personality that's the least in terms of consistency is the face of a man because it tends to talk about taking action rather than doing action. And again, this has to do without the Holy Spirit. Okay? Next. These are the characters in the Bible that we have pretty much talked about regarding the oxen early on in, in, in this series. We see that the characters that are oxens are Isaac, Isaac, 
um, um, Nehemiah, Martha, Abraham. I'll be talking a lot more about Abraham in a moment. Hannah. Okay? So then let's move on to the next one. These are the tendencies of oxen. They, they, their primary drive is control, secure, stable environment. Their personal giftedness is around um, maintaining traditions and consistency and steadiness. In terms of group giftedness, which is important, they're, a, they're one of the biggest uh, personalities when it comes to team play, to team player. They're a great team player. They love to be around projects that involve people and that everybody is involved in working out the task. So that, that's a big thing for, for them. Um, the potential for spiritual gifts or helps, you will see them in service and in mercy gifts. Next. Internal fears, as I mentioned, is disharmony, um, confronting others. They hate confronting others. It is the most hardest thing for them to do. You most, in most cases, you will find that they won't. They will internalize their pain, their issues, their concerns, and they will not um, confront others. Um, the strength out of control, all strengths go out of control, is that they procrastinate and wait for things to happen if they're not feeling secure. Remember, if, it's, if they're under pressure. Um, their blind spot, or oh, under stress, they become, um, they seek a, a compromise or avoid making a decision. Their blind spot is taking ownership of their individual significance, okay? Um, and what that means is that they don't want to take the responsibility. If they're under stress, they don't want to take the responsibility naturally over their own significance in, as part of the group. They need to work on being more proactive and responding rather than reacting, okay? Now, I'm gonna quickly just mention in terms of leadership, because I thought this was a very important piece. When you look at the three, don't look at this up here. When you look at the four personalities, each of the four personalities has a specific model of management style that they use you will often find that the lion will use an autocratic management style. And what an autocratic management style is that they're the one in charge of the task and they will tell you what to do because they have the vision. And, and, and the only way that they're going to get you to the goal is if you get your piece of that vision, you get your piece of that vision, and each one of you are driven by this management style. So the lion will give you your task and will take you on to reach the vision. So their style is autocratic when it comes to management and leadership. For the man, the face of a man, their style is democratic. They involve everyone in the process of getting to the goal. So they want your opinion, they want his opinion, they want her opinion, they want everybody's opinion, they wanna gather the information, but 
they will be the last one that would get, make the decision. That's their model. They'll ask for your opinion, but they will have the last word. The, the oxen, their style of management is part, participatory. And what that is that everyone participates in getting to the goal. Everyone participates, okay? So they will, it'll take a long time, but they will wanna make sure to value each of your style in the way you get there. Okay. And the eagle, also known as the compliance, is a bureaucratic style. Without the policies and protocols and structure, the eagle cannot take you there. So as a leader, they will establish protocols and compliance issues and structure, and they will lead you with the bureaucratic model. Make sense? So you will hear eagles often say, put it in writing. You won't hear the face of a man say, put it in writing. You won't hear the oxen say, put it in writing. But the oxen needs the writing. They'll put it in writing themselves. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, I would love to go... Oh, good, thank you, I'm glad. The next thing I do want to talk about is transformation. Transformation is the most important piece of this whole study. How many of you remember that what is your strength can also be your weakness, okay? And the only way that transformation occurs is through the Spirit of God. And when that transformation occurs in all of us, and we are walking together towards the goal, then that's what we call synergy. Everyone is in the same place. In the end, we call that oneness. We call that unity. And if you understand, unity doesn't mean that we all do it in the same way. We do it in a different way, moving in the same direction with the same goal in mind and the attitude of God. That is oneness. That is unity. So you can still be you, okay? Transformation. Once we, once we have experienced the initial transformation that comes from a relationship with Christ, content is no longer dependent upon your personal circumstances, the people or the materials that you possess in your life. It is then that he can begin to make us all that he intends us to be. It is then that our inadequacy can become divinely transformed into strength. Hold on a second. We, we have this clue, cue going on, so I'm done with oxens. Now I'm talking about transformation. We have, one of the things with the strength styles can become weakness 
when we go through the extreme of stress. But as children of God, we need to further our growth in the spirit and also not physically, but also emotionally. So I want to I share with you four characters that show transformation because you need to understand how transformation looks like. Quality, right? <laughs> Let's take the transformation of Paul. Paul is the lion personality. Many of us know that Paul was a lawyer. He studied law. He studied the things of God. He was a very smart man, a visionary. But he had missed the detail that was going on in his time, which was Jesus Christ. He actually believed that the Christians were against God. And as a result of that, as a lion, he roared and he was angry and he, 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 he turned around and he went after them. He persecuted them. He killed some of them. He judged them. And it was in that transition of going after Peter because he was going after the Christians because he thought that if he got rid of the leader and he discovered that it was Peter, John, and the disciples, if he got rid of the leaders, this Christianity thing will be over. Right? So smart, visionary. So he went after the pride, which was the leader of Christianity. But on his way there, he did not count on a thing because he doesn't think in details. He didn't count that God was going to knock him out of his horse and onto the ground and make him blind so that he could really see. Right? So when God did that, and he came, and Jesus came before him and said, Paul, while he's on the floor, now he can't see. Paul, why do you persecute me? Paul goes, but Lord, I'm not persecuting you. I'm after those who are talking about you. I'm after those who are, who, 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 who are, are blaspheming, you know, the Lord, God. And Paul and God, and Jesus says, when you persecute them, you're persecuting me. Now, God knew that it wasn't going to be that easy to transform this lion. Because this lion is very strong. So he blinded him. And in blinding him, God did certain events in order to bring him to the place when Paul was ready to receive the light that, God, that Jesus was Lord. Right? And that's when Paul got his transformation. But because the lion has the tendency of also being arrogant, because it's a lion, it's part, it's part of his make. And he knows that when he is confident, remember, he is the highest one with confidence, or her, okay? He can lose control and miss the spirit. God takes and gives Paul a thorn in the flesh, remember? And Paul speaks about it all the time. And it was a physical thorn that he kept on saying, wow, if it wasn't for this problem, he knew he wouldn't stay humble. Transformation. Okay? Peter. Peter's transformation was 
Peter was the face of a man. And Peter was very quick with the mouth. And he was very charming. And he loved to get in the way and say things that he really intended it to be truth. Like when he told Jesus, oh, no, 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 I won't forsaken you. I'll be right by your side. No, no, don't say that you're going to die. Remember, that was Peter, who would always have something to say real quick. And when then Jesus said to him, Peter, calm down. Calm down, my brother. It ain't all, you ain't all that because you're not understanding this. By the way, you're not understanding it so much, right, that you by the time the crow, the, 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 cock, the rooster crows, you're going to have denied me three times. And Peter says, oh, no, not me. No, no, I'm sorry, Lord. You're mistaken because I got your back. The face of a man, right? Yeah, no, I got your back. I, I got you. I got you, man. Okay? But as soon as the time came for testing, what did Peter do? He denied him, not once, not twice, but three times. So the weakness of the face of a man like Peter was that he didn't come through the things he promised or he would commit himself to. What was his transformation? After all of what Jesus died and he, and he got the revelation and the spirit was in him, when, him, when he went to the, the man who had no, no legs and he couldn't walk, and he used the power of the spirit and faith to have him walk and heal him, when they took him to court because they wanted to imprison him as a result of using Jesus' name as the, as the healing um, agent... What did Peter do? He said, yes, I did. I did say that. I, did. I didn't heal him. The spirit in me healed him. So he confronted it. That was transformation. Um, a face of a man would have not confessed, would have not taken responsibility for what he did. And as a result of that, they let him go. Abraham. Abraham is a steady, an oxen. Abraham's problems were always that he couldn't leave his family. And when God asked him to leave his family because his family kept on worshiping other gods, Abraham wouldn't listen because the people were more important to Abraham, the oxen in his weakest part. God had to establish a situation that drew Abraham away from his family, including that his nephew Lot had to go in an opposite direction as a result so that God can transform Abraham. How did God test him? When he asked Abraham to give up his first son, and Abraham, by that time, God had already established a relationship with Abraham, and Abraham had so much faith 
in God that he willingly trusted God with his son. Transformation. And the final transformation is Moses. Moses was an eagle. And eagles need order, they need structure, they need protocols, they need a set of rules, and they look at details. And Moses' issue with God was that he didn't, he didn't know how to trust God because eagles need to see things concretely. They're like Thomases. If I don't see it, I don't believe it. Okay? So God had to deal with Moses. Also, Moses doesn't make it. He makes decisions, but he likes to make decisions with people. Eagles are like that. So what God had to do was remove him from the people, bring him to himself, establish a relationship with Moses so that Moses can see the concrete of God and that where the transformation came in. What's your transformation?